Well, it's Saturday, October 16th, 2021. I'm Steve Sersky. Thanks for listening to me. Thanks for listening. Uh, and this here would be the second last day of my 2021 annual vacation leave. Currently in Chengdu, and uh, we've been doing a lot of walking as of late. Um, and the last couple days, we've actually been going to... Uh, Starbucks to get coffee as well, because there is one uh, nearby. I finally learned how to ask for a full cup of coffee. Uh, so You know how like in, in Starbucks, or in a lot of cafes, they leave a little bit of room if you want to add cream or something. Um, I don't, so I just have uh, minus black coffee. So in order to order a full cup, uh, you can say like jia man or man bei. So it's uh, jia man is like full, uh, and then man bei is full cup. Uh, so, I mean, little. You also have to sort of catch them while they are uh, filling up the uh, the cup. If not, then they have to take the lid off and everything, and yeah, it just becomes a bit more of a um, a hassle. But I, if you're not too worried about it, I mean, I, I when I think of it as like I paid for a cup of coffee when my having a full cup of coffee, and especially if it's I'm just gonna have it black anyway. Just gotta let it cool down a little bit. So, yeah, anyway, that was uh, one thing that I finally learned how to, to do. Uh, the other thing that uh, I, I've learned, I've known about this character for a while, uh, but uh, we're seeing it around Chengdu a little bit because I guess some buildings are slated for demolition, and it's the character Jai. Uh, so it, it looks like Ting, but it's not. Um, or Su, Gao Su, Ting. Oh, I'm going to butcher that. I don't take that analogy because I know people who know Chinese will say it looks nothing like that. That You're right because there is the uh, uh, the radical on the left side. Uh, but Jai, you'll see it spray painted on the side of a building or on walls uh, in areas that are going to be uh, torn down. And there's various reasons for them to be torn down, whether it's uh, um, simply the buildings are old and they are sort of derelict. So they should be taken down anyway, or if there's sort of a uh, an effort to um, modernize, upgrade the the neighborhood, that's what they'll they'll do as well. Or like some ma- massive infrastructure project, like putting in a bridge <laughs> or a, a new park or something like that. I don't know. I mean, um, but you will see the spray painted, and that's what the character is. It's giant. It means to take down. Uh, so today, uh, so we've been walking quite a bit over the last couple days, 22,000 steps yesterday. Uh, so today we finally were able to start taking bikes around while well, we decided to take bikes around. Luckily, Chengdu is very compact, so you can get around pretty easily. In the city, it's not difficult to uh, move from one place to another. Traffic's not bad. Uh, it's not like everybody's out to try to get in front of you all the time. So if you take the bike or you're walking, uh, it's a pretty leisurely pace, I I would say. Um, We had a couple things that we wanted to get done today. Uh, Least of all was the Wenshu uh, Buddhist temple. And then there's also Qingyang Gong, uh, the uh, Qingyang temple or Qingyang palace, which is on the other side of the city. Uh, And then if we could, we wanted to go to uh, Jinli Street, which is a uh, shopping Kind of like Nanlu Guxiang in Beijing, but a little bit more, uh, well, with Chengdu characteristics. But first up, Wenshu Buddhist Temple. So this one's famous because it's uh, been around for a while. It was rebuilt as well. 
uh, and typically it's been rebuilt like a lot of other things in, in modern China. Um, but uh, as you walk in, like it's famous because it's right beside this uh, other modernized shopping street. And it's a pretty old temple as well. It's one of the few large Buddhist temples in a city uh, that's relatively untouched, so to speak. Uh, and there were lots of people all around the place. The uh, One of the things that um, you could see happening, they give away free instant uh, incense sticks at the entrance. Uh, so, And you can go in, get your incense sticks, uh, light them on fire, and then put them in that, that ash, that cauldron, and then you go kneel, and you bow to the icon. Uh, now, before you bow, or before, yeah, before you get down on your knees, you're actually supposed to take off your bag, and the idea is that you uh, put down your burden, and then you bow to the icon, and you uh, make your, your prayer, or your wish, or your desire, uh, and you bow three times, uh, to the icon. I can't remember who the icon was. I mean, I'm sure someone knows. Um, yeah, I'm just looking at the characters. That Dao Zhong Ru, uh, Ru Guo. I don't know. But uh, so there's a main hallway there with the uh, sort of the three window, three openings, and then there's one main uh, god inside, uh, or one main icon, and that's the one that you're bowing to. After you finish bowing, you can actually go up to the gate. And they have a, a, the, the character, the Fu character, and that means like fortune or good luck. And you can go ahead and, uh, I guess what I saw people doing was they put both hands at the top and they make like a, a circular pattern with it. So your left hand goes left, your right hand goes right, and you do that three times around the, uh, the character. And uh, it should give you some good fortune. Uh, a lot of these things sort of make me think that one of the reasons why temples, again, this is for churches as well, the reason why they are good for people is that they do help them focus on what is necessary in life. So, I mean, the same as goal setting, um, which, you know, modern, secular, capitalistic, book publishing, viral trending uh, media marketing is, you know, where you have to set your goals, break them down, and, you know, listen to these five steps. Well, I mean, in the past, they had temples and churches where they could have some quiet and uh, focus their energies, you know, and uh, as prayer is, I mean, not just to uh, achieve material wealth, but to be a good person as well, which is, this, this is how I've sort of interpreted a lot of these, um, these temples uh, and other places of worship that uh, people will visit. Now, and the one thing that, you know, gets me is that you do see a lot of tourists, such as myself. I mean, I'm a tourist to this Buddhist town. I'm not Buddhist. Um, but uh, you go to these places, and you go through the motions, and the temple is also willing to to help you learn a little bit, like to go through the motions of worshipping uh, whatever deity. Um, but uh, they, how how authentic is it? Like, so, so when you are going to these temples, is it a true sort of desire or a true wish that you are conveying or is it that you're just going through the motions i mean I, i'm not sure which one is better which one is uh, more effective but it's uh, i guess in all tour guides you're going to see these things listed i mean because it is a place of interest uh temples and palaces and churches and um other religious religious establishments so yeah i mean but i mean whether you you take it Seriously, if you put the incense sticks, is 
If it's a deity and it's that powerful, is a one-time stopover during your trip going to make a difference? I, and I think this is more of a personal question than it is sort of a universal question. So, I guess. <laughs> or is it more of a universal question? Like, does the universe actually care if you, for one time, show up at a temple and then never, ever go again? I mean, that, that, that's sort of the question that pops into my mind when I see so many tourists at a, uh, a religious establishment like that. The, palo, the, the area, the temple area, the temple grounds are very good. There's about three, four different sections. So there's the main section with the incense, uh, that with the bowing. And then behind there, there was another, um, what would you call it? another temple complex uh, that had three more deities uh, behind there. And then if you turned left from there, you'd be taken out to sort of a, a, a walk around park where there would be another large building. I think those were part of the quarters. Maybe it was like, uh, like living quarters. Um, and then if you walked again, from left and you made the circle around that part of uh, the park you'd see this lake and it would have turtles on the uh, the side of the the lake and this one young couple um felt it necessary to explain what these turtles were i, did, I didn't ask they just told me uh which is fine they um pointed out i mean you only see the turtles because all the other things have been uh, killed by the tur turtles and the story goes that something, something along the lines of the, the turtles were are not native to China. They're from Brazil or something. Um, they were taken in by the monks, but the monks also have a uh, proclivity, um, a policy, uh, you know, some sort of adherence that they can't they can't let a stray animal go. Like if a stray animal needs help, they will they will help it. But they all put them into this lake. And the turtles would then just kill the other animals, uh, or like the fish, or like anything like that. So it, it was like the monks couldn't let you die directly, but indirectly they could. That's sort of my takeaway from this situation of seeing the lake with the. I guess it's is it snapping turtles that that uh, attack other uh, other fish and things like that. But yeah, it was, it was sort of odd. I kind of quite. I asked them like, "But wait a minute, how does that make sense that they the monks would put fish into harm's way if they know that the turtles are uh, snapping at them?" I didn't. They didn't really understand. Uh, they didn't really have a good answer for that one either. But um, and then after this lake, so you you so you do this full circle. Uh, you come back into the main courtyard again, where the people are bowing and doing it three times with the incense. Along that, if you go towards um, the the other side, this is where the lunchroom is for the monks. And we were there right around lunchtime. So at around 11.30, they actually started chanting. Just before that, they, you saw one monk come out. And he uh, hit the big fish. He had a stick and he was hitting the big fish a couple times. Uh, about three minutes later, another guy <clears throat> rung a bell. And then after that, at around 11.30, that's when you could hear them chanting. Uh, and I'm only assuming that they have some sort of a lunchtime prayer. Uh, I have included the sound clip of that chant at the end of this episode. So you can have a listen to that, of what they're saying. I'm not sure. I'm sure it was probably Chinese that they were chanting. Um, but uh, I'm not sure exactly what they were. Anyway, that lasted for a couple minutes. And then, yeah, they uh, went quiet and started eating. Uh, they fed everybody, not uh, tourists, but there's also volunteers that work at the uh, 
uh, at the temple complex. So if you did volunteer <clears throat> at the at the temple, you could go get lunch, which was by that Turtle Lake area. So there was a bunch of volunteers there. And you could tell that they were volunteers because they were dressed more like regular people rather than uh, monks. So that was neat. Um, and you, after that, I mean, you couldn't go into the monk eating area. You'd walk by, you'd hear them, and then that was it. Um, and then on the other side of that was another large park, uh, a tea garden and a restaurant. And it was actually kind of neat because uh, it wasn't a bad deal at all. They had a buffet hot pot, or hot pot buffet, uh, 50 renminbi per person. So you got your hot pot oil, boiling oil with that, and then also all you could eat uh, buffet vegetables. It was all vegetarian, like there's no meat. Um, but uh, and it was a pretty good spread, so it was uh, decent. We uh, stayed for that. And I'll tell you, we hadn't seen too many foreigners. Like in Chongqing, I think we saw maybe one or two foreigners. Uh, and even here, we hadn't seen any foreigners uh, lately. And then there was another foreign couple at lunch. We actually never even said hi to each other. I'm guessing they were were like us sort of traveling, but um, I'm not sure if they if they were living in China or if they were just visiting from outside of China. I'm not entirely sure. I imagine that they live in China because it's very hard to get into the country now, uh, given the, the current uh, pandemic situation. But So yeah, uh, that was only the one couple that we've seen. We actually saw them a couple times uh, over like the day, so it was... Uh, they weren't. They were following the tourist path, uh, just like us. So it wasn't as if they were locals in Chengdu, uh, just out for a day or something like that. But yeah, so that was uh, that was neat. Uh, the uh, Wenshu Buddhist Temple. I guess if you are interested in that sort of thing, it's worth a stopover. Um, it's it's not hard to get to. It's pretty well marked, and there's a subway station as well, so uh, it's pretty easy to to find. Worth the trip, and then uh, if you're once you're done with that, and and with the tea garden, I should mention, like you can actually just get tea. And I think it's what ten kwai or twenty kwai per cup, but they give you a pot. So by by cup, they mean they give you one cup uh, with leaves at the bottom, and then you get a hot a pot of hot water, and you can refill it as much as you want. It's this type of. Uh, it was similar to the tea that they had in the uh, in the Chongqing tea house that you you could put lid. A, a lid on it, so it was, it's. I think it's called. Is it, uh, it's lidable tea or cup, a cupable. So you put the lid on. It's the differentiating factor of this type of tea with other types of tea, I guess. Uh, but uh, yeah, and then you could order snacks as well. Uh, but we decided to stay for lunch because we were getting hungry anyway. So uh, it was good deal, well worth it. Uh, and as you leave the temple complex, uh, you actually sort of get spit out into this again remodeled. Um, very tourist-friendly shopping district. Not not like your high-end clothes shopping district, but more like um, like those little like snack street, the trinkets that are common to the the city. Chengdu's and pandas, and then in this area, there's quite a few uh, religious artifacts that you could buy. Uh, all sort of knockoffs, fakes, replicas, I guess you'd call them, of the real thing. So, in, and then also like your paper money that you could burn to ancestors and things like that. So that sort of stuff was available right outside the uh, the temple. We stopped for pictures in front of the Feng, F- Feng Fu characters. So we took a couple pictures there, just like a lot of other people, uh, trying to get the framing right between getting the good centering, you know, one character on the left, another character on the right, and you right in the middle, you know, with your hands up or something like that. But uh, So that uh, 
kept us occupied for at least 15 minutes trying to get a good shot. <laughs> um, after that, so we walked down the street and there was uh, a famous pastry shop along the way. We could tell it was famous because it was packed. There was a lineup. Uh, and it wasn't so much a lineup so much as it was a block of people in front of the front, like in front of the, the, the store. So it's when it's the store sort of looks out onto the street or onto the sidewalk. So there's no one entrance. It's just a, it's like you could pull down a metal sheet and you would cover up the whole thing or you lift it up and there you'd see, you know, there's a glass barrier uh, that shows some of the things for sale, the menu on the wall behind them. And then like there's so, I think there was four cash registers, but there was no real line that not that we could see. And yeah, there was a swarm of people. So we're like, no, we're not going to do this. Um, it was called Gong Ting Gaudian Pu, uh, which is some sort of famous uh, pastry shop in the city, similar to things like Dao Sang Tsun in Beijing or Suzhou uh, and the other famous pastry shop. I can't remember the name right now. We figured we could find one in Beijing. <laughs> uh, Beijing does have a lot of uh, sort of traditional elements from all parts of the uh, country so we didn't feel the need to uh, stop by and, and wait too much for that uh, we found bikes again and then made our way over to Qingyang Palace so whereas Wenshu was a, uh, a Buddhist temple uh, Qingyang is a Taoist temple what's the difference uh, I don't know <laughs> uh, to put it simply uh, there's two different origins of them I guess um, one this I can say the big difference here was that Qingyang wasn't as busy as Wenshu it seems that more people were uh, going to the Wenshu palace or Wenshu temple rather than Qingyang palace and it might be because Wenshu was easier to get to so to speak um, even though Qingyang was near another redone tourist street that uh, it was uh, it was attached to a, a larger park. Um, what was the park's name? Um, the park, Qingyang and Jinli Street were all very close to each other. So it wasn't difficult to sort of, once you're in that area, you can see the whole thing. Um, it cost, what was it, 10 kwai for a ticket. Wenshu was free, but Qingyang, you had to pay 10 kwai. And that might be one reason why... Um, not as many people were there. There were still a few people, just not as many. Um, so yeah, it, and it was worth the walk around. It was very quiet. And I think one of the, um, is also a larger, much larger complex. So the, this one, like we had to go in on the west gate of the park or of the temple complex. And as soon as you get in there, I mean, it, the sound volume just drops completely because uh, the distance you sort of get moved away from the the busy street right beside the uh, the palace complex, and it's it, yeah it's very quiet. You hear a lot more birds and a lot more of nature, uh, and you also hear quite a few um, students practicing the flute. Uh, I guess there's some sort of instrument school, like a music school, attached to it. And as we walked through, we also saw them practicing. Uh, was it Tai Chi Quan? I'm guessing like Tai Chi. So and there's a whole class of them. It looked as if they have like a regular school, so you could go there and learn the ways, the Taoist ways of Tai Chi, I'm guessing. Um, they had pictures of classes before, um, and the people that were there, it kind of looked like some of them 
had just shown up for like just to try it out and then there's other people who looked as if they'd been going there for uh, uh, quite a while. So whereas uh, Wenshu Monastery, um, is, I guess it was it's said to be built like 1500 years ago, uh, Qingyang was built about a thousand years ago or so during the Tang Dynasty, I think I think it was. Um, and you, as you walk in, there's actually one of the main attractions is right in the middle of the park where Lao Tzu is sitting. So you can go there and pay your respects to him. Um, just great. Lao Tzu wrote uh, the, the yeah he wrote the book on on I guess uh, being at peace with yourself. And, and by being at peace, I mean like he, he wrote sort of the Tao Te Ching, which is uh, like the the basis of Taoism, basically. So it kind of makes sense that he would have a, a place in the middle. Um, it still seemed like the uh, temple complex was uh, active, uh, at least a little bit. So, I mean, I, I mentioned the, uh, the the students practicing the flute and Tai Chi. They had some living quarters as well, but it didn't seem as if it was busy as busy as uh, the Wenshu uh, Monastery uh, complex. So, worth the walk. Um, wasn't too much going on, but uh, yeah, it was right beside uh, Jin Lee Street, which was again one of these um, areas that uh, is a remodeled, um, remodeled neighborhood meant for Chinese tourists. And for a Saturday night, I mean, it, it was pretty popping, <laughs> pretty busy, which makes sense. Uh, if you've been to Nanlugusiang or uh, the, uh, was it, uh, Xuanjai, Xiangzi district, a little bit different from, uh, Xuanjai, only in the Zhuanjai, uh, because this was, like, one long, narrow street, whereas, uh, Zhuanjai was, uh, or Xuanjai was a little neighborhood, I guess you would call it. Snacks, um, one of the Big things uh, that you could probably be that's most notable noticeable of this uh, Jinli Street is that uh, they have these ear cleaners that uh, sit around and they dangle their their metal rods and I'm not sure what the metal rods do uh, I didn't really understand because they look like long chopsticks and so they and they tinkle them uh, which you can hear like they'll you know the, I, I posted a uh, a sound clip of them from uh, Quan Jai. Sorry, yeah, it's Quan Jai Xiangzi, not Xuanzai. Quan Jai Xiangzi. And they, uh, you can hear them all the time. Now, here at this Jin Li Street, they were all sitting in sort of uh, different sections. So, whereas in some places, like in Chongqing, they were just walking around on the street. Um, at Quan Jai, there was maybe only a couple places with two or three of them. Here at Jin Li, they had designated areas for these ear cleaners and uh, yeah so I went ahead and got my ears cleaned it was not the most comfortable experience uh, it was cheap it was 30 renminbi uh, for a basic cleaning although when the lady did look inside my ear she was like oily needs the water cleanse which would cost 60 kwai and I was kind of like well I don't know if I do maybe but we'll just go with the 30 to see if I uh, enjoy the process. If I don't, then I won't go the 60. I'm not lying. Right now, my eyes are even watering, thinking of the 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 process of cleaning ears. 
it's not like having a, a Q-tip pushed into your ear. It's like if you go to the doctor and you get the water treatment where he squirts water into your ear and you it, it gets pushed up, banged up against the end, edge of your ear, the inside of your ear. It is the most disconcerting thing. My eyes are tearing thinking of this. It only took, it took about four or five minutes each ear. I have the video of it. It's It was not pleasant. It was not comfortable at all. Uh, it was quite... It was it was odd to have someone going so deep into your ear and then that sound like the <laughs> sound it was just oh it was it was too much and then she banged the little uh, uh, the little what do you call it the metal rods not hard it wasn't like a wake up sort of thing it was more like some sort of process to I guess just check if anything would fall out uh, she didn't let me see what was collected either and she threw out the little cotton swabs. They did sterilize everything, so they had alcohol sprays. Uh, so it seemed, it, I, I wasn't too concerned about catching anything, but and there were other people uh, getting it. It didn't. They were sitting much more comfortably than me. I think I was making the most fuss about the whole thing. Um, my girlfriend didn't get it done, but uh, every, there were other people who would come in, sit down, three, four minutes, six minutes total, get their ears clean, move along. I'm guessing this is more for people who don't regularly clean their ears. Uh, I mean, I don't know about you, but I do use Q-tips quite a, quite often just to keep my ears clean because I wear headphones a lot. I do a lot of studio work as well, so I kind of like to keep things uh, uh, neat and tidy. But do you need someone poking your ear like that? I'm not sure. Uh, even still, now feels like I have water in my ear. Like you know how that when you go swimming and you get water lodged in the in the deep canal of your ear, it's like that. And it just swishes around, so I'm not sure what happened. Like if she pushed something in, or maybe it's just my ear going, "What the hell's going on? Why are you pushing this crap around in my around here? You're not supposed to be here." Oh, my eyes are tearing up even more. Uh, so, but yeah, it wasn't very long. It was cheap. Could pay through WeChat or uh, Jifubal, so it was all very quick and easy to do. Uh, but she it. She customer service was a little bit wanting. <laughs> Basically, as soon as I had uh, been done, she cleaned it and then started calling out for the next customer. So it wasn't like she was at all enthused to have a, a customer. I'm guessing she I, this was her her, her only job, uh, and she did not look as if she really enjoyed it either. To tell you the truth, so maybe she's been doing it for quite a while. <laughs> I can only imagine. That's it. But uh, so that was, uh, I remember some people talking about the ear cleaning people. So I figured it would be a good uh, stopover, good thing to stop and just, uh, I don't know, try it. I mean, I've had my ear cleaned by the doctor before. I figured how bad can it be? And yeah, no, it was very, very uncomfortable. Uh, anyway, with the uh, Jin Lee Street, we walked around. I mean, there's not too much to do. A lot of unnecessary trinkets again. I'm not sure what you'd, you'd really buy there again. A lot of these places are more for the, the food. And we tried the chuar and it wasn't very good. It was more that fatty type of meat rather than the uh, like the, the solid meat that you would get from some of the uh, Muslim places. Um, we did buy some uh, nuts that like were coated in sugar and they tasted more like frosted flakes than anything else. And we suspect that they're not the same because the ones that she let us try and then the ones that we tried from the can, they tasted different. There was a different quality to them, so uh, I'm not sure how she pulled that off, but 
yeah, I mean, I'll, I'm going to eat them anyway. I <laughs> can't lie. There is high protein content, but there is just a lot more carbohydrates. It's like 10 grams of protein per 100 grams and like 66 grams of carbs per 100 grams. So yeah, quite a bit. I did not buy them to be healthy. Let's put it that way. Uh, anyway, so that was all what we did. It was, uh, I mean, it was kind of a slow going day. We did... Uh, we never did get to the face-changing show, uh, but we did see a lot of the performers outside on the streets, usually smoking. Um, like if they like once they were out of costume, they would leave their makeup on, but they would change out of their their massive costumes. This is one of the things that Chengdu is known for: is this face-changing show uh, or face-changing opera. I guess it's a similar to Beijing opera. Um, I guess if you want to see it, the, the one thing that we saw quite a bit of is that at the end of the show, they have this like advertisement where they bring out some sort of painting and this guy stands at the microphone, uh, similar to what happened in Chengdu, and they just yammer on about something, about this, like it's a sales pitch. But like, does anyone buy that stuff after listening to this guy go on about these things? I don't know. Oh. The one thing I did notice that I thought was a little bit odd, and it was about the ear cleaning people, because I, I saw this on, it was one of the menus, one of the signs, I'm not sure if it was all the signs, I, I can't remember, but I have one picture of it. The ear cleaning, they had a bit of a translation issue. So of all the different uh, selections that you could have, like the 30, the 50, the 60, the 100 quai uh, ear cleaning, what the 60 quai said, set meal here wait, wait a minute i hope they're not reusing what they find for i don't know making those nuts <laughs> or something fried earwax how's that how would you like to try that i don't know i'm sure it was just a translation issue it, it did make me chuckle i took a picture of it but honestly i mean would i be able to translate to some of these things very well i guess set set deal set not set menu is it set menu how would you translate that for an ear cleaning uh first set second set second deal second offering third type maybe first type of ear cleaning second type of ear cleaning third type of ear cleaning yeah it's not a set meal though that that, that much is that much is clear uh so that was uh pretty much all we did uh given you know how much walking we'd done before uh we visited two temples and went to another shopping district uh by this time like we were getting pretty late as well uh sundown already eight o'clock or six seven o'clock already uh so it wasn't like we felt that we needed to be out all night or anything no real need to go anywhere else um and yeah it was quite relaxing good sort of uh end to the second day uh the Jin Lee did have one or two of the narrow alleyways again that you saw some people taking pictures in um, and it also had this one little area that, uh, you know, oh, is it the Ikari, Ikaru Temple Complex in Japan? Uh, is it Osaka? Uh, with those red beams that hang down. Um, it's a very famous picture. Everyone goes and gets one. They had something not exactly the same, but they had a pathway that had all these little red banners hanging down. And I guess they were different well wishes from other people. Uh, you know, the different fool writings, fortune writings that they put up. And uh, and you could walk through them and just, you know, take your pictures. 
After that, we're like, you know what? We don't need to do anything more. We don't need to be out. We walked the whole street. Uh, as we exited, we came in the back entrance, luckily, because going out through the front entrance, it was packed. There were a lot of people trying to get into the street, uh, which is good to see that people were out and about, um, you know, uh, being social and helping supporting the local economy and what you, whatever. So it was... Uh, like, I don't know how exactly we got into the back because we went through the the uh, we went through the temple and then we uh, went through the I guess we went through the top end of the park and that joined the uh, Jinli Street. That's sort of how we got out there. So yeah, we went out of the temple into the park and from around the park we went through uh, Jinli Street uh, or however that sort of worked. I, I don't know. All of a sudden we ended up in this Jinli Street uh, or in that that direction. Overall, pretty nice, very quiet, uh, well worth the trip. Um, nice little walk around. And, uh, yeah, then we took our bikes back to our hotel area. And that was it. I mean, talk about getting old. I mean, I think we were back at the hotel someone sometime around 8 o'clock or something. Uh, it wasn't too too late. And, yeah, just chilling out. And that was it. I mean, we'd done a lot of walking, a lot of moving up until this point. Uh, and given that uh, tomorrow we do have to uh, get back uh, to Beijing, we we booked our flights uh, finally, and they're pretty late. Like we're and we're going to land at Daxing Airport too, which is cheaper. But then if we take a taxi, it just adds to the cost, so it almost evens out the cost of landing at Capital Airport. Whatever. I mean, most of the flights from Chengdu land at Daxing anyway, uh, which is massively south of Beijing City. Uh, and our flight, we we put our flight pretty late, like 10 p.m., so that we could have another full day. We can check out, leave our luggage there, and then come back, get it uh, at the end of the day. Since we're right beside the subway station, it won't be difficult to to uh, move. We just have to make sure that we're on time uh, and sort of thing. And I mean, that's not difficult either. You just have a cutoff time to your your uh, sightseeing, and then. Make sure you give yourself enough time just in case there's a traffic accident or something, like a uh, traffic jam. Uh, make sure you can get to the airport in time. Because replacing plane tickets is a little bit more difficult than replacing a train ticket. And there's far fewer flights. Even though there are a lot of flights, there are far fewer of them, fewer of them than trains that stop by. Anyway, so that was our uh, second to last day in Chengdu. Uh Overall, pretty good. Weather's cooperating. Can't be. It's not that cold, but you still need a sweater. Uh, it's uh, been a lot of walking, a lot of sightseeing. We've done a lot, two or three things per day, uh, taking our time, uh, two or three hours each area. So it's uh, it's been relaxing in that regard. That we haven't been, we haven't felt rushed to get anywhere. I will put all the show notes for this episode up on my website, stevensersky.com. You can check it under the audio blog page and uh, have a look through what uh, what else we've done on this trip. All right. Thanks for listening, guys and girls. We will talk again. Thanks. Bye-bye.